That Naturopathic Podcast. TNP. Hello there. Hi, and thanks for joining us. I'm Dr. Michelle Pobega, naturopathic doctor. And I'm Dr. David Miller, ND, and we hear your frustrations. This show is for you. This show is for you if you're feeling like your current healthcare strategy is not getting to the root cause or the underlying reasons for your health. This show is for you if you've been told that you're fine, but you definitely don't feel very well. This show is for you if you're walking out of your doctor's office with one, two, three, four, or even five medications without any mention of diet, lifestyle, or a long-term game plan. This show is for you if you've got several specialists taking care of you, but no one is really putting all the pieces together. This show is for you if you believe that health should be part of healthcare. These problems have solutions. We know it. Our patients know it. And we want you to know it. Naturopathic medicine is the solution that you should know about. Hello, and welcome to another episode of That Naturopathic Podcast. I am Dr. Michelle Pobega, naturopathic doctor, flying solo today. And uh, I think that this should be airing probably about mid, mid-March. And I am hoping that we are seeing really strong glimpses of spring by the time this recording airs, because uh, I'm done. I'm good. I, I'm, I'm done with winter. We're good. We've we've had our time and I'm ready to bring some spring on. So I really hope that that is in effect as I begin to talk about this topic. And the topic that I want to quickly chat about today is essentially spring cleaning. A lot of us use this opportunity after the, the stagnant, slower, I hate to use the word dead of winter, but we, we get the gist of it. And we take this opportunity to to open the windows, allow fresh air in, clean up the houses, get rid of garbage, get rid of things that have accumulated in the house. We love a good spring cleaning for our houses. But I would advise people to not forget about the spring cleaning within your own system, your own vessel, your own house that is your meat suit and your skin suit holding all your organs and life force inside of you. So the spring is a fantastic time and a fantastic opportunity to regenerate and cleanse your body as well. And I'm going to bring this into a traditional Chinese medicine type of perspective for this conversation. In traditional Chinese medicine, every single season corresponds with uh, an organ pairing that is going to be the most active in that season and is typically in like a cleansing state during that season as well. We just came out of the winter and what we are going into is the spring and the spring is the season of the liver and the gallbladder. And of course I'm bringing this up and I love the liver and the gallbladder, but it is also seasonally appropriate. It's not just me tooting my horn about liver and gallbladder stuff. Um, so this is the time of the liver and the gallbladder. It is also associated with the element of wood. And it refers to a time of growth and nourishment in the human body. That's what spring is associated with in traditional Chinese medicine. Spring represents a new beginning and a time to refresh the mind and the body. In traditional Chinese medicine, in functional medicine, in naturopathic medicine, we all extremely value the liver and its uh, sister organ, the gallbladder, as probably one of the most important organs of the entire body. It is a commanding organ of the entire body. It has like 500 and plus functions, 500 plus functions. It's not just something that helps you detox alcohol. 
<laughs> Let's not forget that. It helps to detoxify the body, yes, but it also helps to regulate the flow of qi according to Chinese medicine. It helps to spread and regulate qi, which is basically the energy flow throughout the rest of the body. It absorbs everything that the body takes in, everything. And I've talked about this in the past. I've talked about it on my Instagram. We expose our body and absorb a higher level of chemical and toxic burden than any other decade preceding us. We are, we have so much it's in our food. It's in our water. It's in the air. It's in the mattresses we sleep in. It's in the cars we drive. It's in the beauty products we have. It's in our dish soap. It's in our laundry detergent and yada, yada, yada. So everything that you absorb in your body is taken in and ingested and it's held in, by the liver and detoxified and it cleans the blood so that the blood that further circulates throughout the body has less of that um, burden in its system. That is the purpose of the liver or one of the purposes of the liver, but that's, you know, the gist of it. One, one of many purposes. A symptoms of an imbalanced liver can be physical of a stagnant or let's say a stuck liver gallbladder, as those are the types of words we would maybe use with Chinese medicine, like stagnant, liver chi, those kinds of things. When we start to see certain symptoms, like when I'm in practice and someone starts telling me that they have headaches that are always behind the eyes, or there's a yellowness happening to their skin or their toes, or they're more angry or irritable, I start to wonder about the impact the liver is having on how the rest of the body is able to show up or what is affecting the liver's ability to, to function optimally. So in traditional Chinese medicine, it's not just physical symptoms. It's also mental and emotional symptoms, irritability, um, anger, and impatience are really big, um, red flags in traditional Chinese medicine that there is some sort of imbalance or impairment or stagnation in the liver specifically. If you wake up between 1 a.m. and 3 a.m., that does signal something with the liver, especially if it consistently happens like clockwork every night, then we might start to reflect on whether or not there is, um, we need to support the liver a little bit more. Gallbladder is 11 p.m. to 1 a.m., so between that time. Um, this is also part of the reason why um, it's recommended to go to bed by before 11 p.m. because your, your gallbladder kicks in at 11 p.m. and your liver kicks in at 1 a.m. And they always work in tandem. They, they cannot, they work together. So if you impair one, you inevitably impair the other. So it's important to be asleep by 11 p.m. because it optimizes your body's ability to detox, repair, and heal because those organ systems, according to Chinese medicine, are going to be most active in that time of the day or night, I guess. So we want to optimize our body's ability to kick out garbage that should not be lingering in our body. So get to bed by 11 p.m. Other things um, that could be signs and symptoms of some sort of imbalance in the liver outside of the mood. We have nausea, some stiff muscles, easy bruising. I would also say um, any kind of breast distension, period pains, headaches, 
especially those that are behind the eyes or in that upper forehead area, dry red eyes, dizziness. So the eyes are where the liver opens up into when it comes to how the, how these organ systems are connected to different other, other different parts of the body. The eyes are deeply connected with liver gallbladder function. So anything that's happening with the eyes, I start to always think possibly liver. So now that we're in the spring season, we want to begin to support the liver's ability to for a new beginning, to refresh, to shake off that slumber and that slowness and that more stagnant energy of the winter and revitalize the system. Just like you're spring cleaning your house, let's spring clean the body. And there are a lot of things that can be done from a nutritional standpoint to help support healthy liver function as we move into the spring. I would say a really key thing is to not eat two to three hours before bed. We don't want to be labored with digesting food when your body should be more preoccupied with that gallbladder liver time of activating and optimizing those detoxification processes that are super important while we sleep. So we want to make sure that our energy is being directed in the right place at the right time. So avoid eating two to three hours before bed go to bed by 11 p.m., be asleep by 11 p.m. And if your sleep is a little, you know, off kilter, um, I would say start to work with a naturopathic doctor. See if there are any things that are, uh, anything that's missing nutrient-wise that maybe you need to support certain vitamins and nutrients can help optimize sleep. Maybe you're hella stressed out and you need some support there. Uh, maybe your cortisol is way too high. Again, going back to the hell of stressed out. And then there could be very specific things that could be given to you to bring down your cortisol levels, to chill your system down, to calm your mind, to calm your body and allow you to reach a deeper state of sleep. Eat only until you're about 80% full. Overeating actually does stress the liver out according to Chinese medicine. So don't overeat. Start slowing down when you're eating so that you can begin to feel the connection of how your stomach's feeling. And then the message it finally sends to your brain, because there is a good 20 minute delay. So if you eat in a hurry, um, there's a bigger opportunity for you to overconsume food if you eat in a rushed state. So take your time, enjoy your meals. Um, as we come out of the winter, we want to start moving away from a lot of root vegetables, vegetables that are below the soil. We want things that are kind of springing upwards. So spring is like this new growth coming out of the earth, out of the soil. So we want to nourish our body with things that are also having this rising and renewed type of vitality breaking out of the earth. So eating a lot of root veggies, uh, it doesn't mean you can't have a carrot, but I would say start to shift your diet to eat more seasonally. So focus on things like leafy greens, lettuces, dandelion greens, beet tops, carrot tops, radish tops. Um, those are really great. I actually once made radish pesto. The tops of the radishes were fantastic at the grocery store and I totally blended them into a pesto and I made a pasta after and it was dynamite. Um, kale, your collards, your cabbages, your watercress sprouts are fantastic. They have so much vitality and so much enzymatic activity celeries, you know, spinaches, all of your greens. Wonderful. Cornucopia of vegetables that you can nourish your system with. Mushrooms are also a little bit of a spring food and really good for the liver. Uh, whole grains 
are also said to be good for liver gallbladder health. When I've looked, um, uh, when I've looked some things up according to Chinese medicine, um, information. Now, if you're gluten-free, that might be a little bit more difficult, but you can do things like brown rices, quinoas, things like that. Um, mung beans specifically are a very spring liver gallbladder food. Sour foods are fantastic for the liver and the gallbladder and fantastic for the springtime. So, you know, I love me some lemon water guys, get that into your practice. And I find that people who resist that summer or that's that sour flavor are usually the ones that need it the most. So the ones that, um, I find are like, Oh, I don't like sour foods. Your, your body probably will benefit it from it the most. So get that little bit of lemon. It's also going to have a good amount of citric acid, some antioxidants, vitamin C. It's going to protect the body in various ways. In addition to those bitters and the sours being something that stimulates your body's detoxification capabilities. Apple cider vinegar is another one with the sour taste. Um, I would say fermented foods would be another fantastic source. Oh, Granny Smith apples, a nice more tart type of apple to start bringing into the mix come spring fermented foods, just going back to that would be fantastic as well. So, um, your kimchi, your sauerkrauts, your, uh, miso soups, your apple cider vinegars are all another thing to bring into the mix. Uh, stay very well hydrated. We need to be able to flush things out on a cellular level to bring them to the liver and then have properly lubricated bowels. So you, and so you can eliminate your, through your bowel movements, as well as be able to eliminate through the kidneys. Um, Think about prebiotic foods um, that are going to help your beneficial gut bacteria. So things like apples, dandelions, Jerusalem artichokes, use those in moderation because eating too many Jerusalem artichokes in one sitting will give you extreme gas pains. I can attest to this. <laughs> they are delicious, but that was a really deadly mistake I made once. You don't, a little goes a long way for that kind of stuff. Um Asparaguses are also a really great prebiotic food. I would say resistant starches. So if you cook some potatoes, which we're not going to do a lot of right now in the spring because it's uh, something that grows in the ground rather than above the above the soil. But when you cool a potato or if you cool rice in the fridge after it's cooked, it then becomes much more of a resistant starch. So a small serving of that would be helpful. Prebiotic probiotic foods. So that will go back to the whole fermented foods, including yogurts. Um, but I would prefer kefir because I find most traditional yogurts are pasteurized when you just kill off all the beneficial bacteria from the fermentation, where if you go to a health food store or the organic sections of major grocery stores and you grab a kefir, um, typically they are still in a raw and unpasteurized format. So you will get the beneficial bacteria. Get some good fiber-rich foods in your diet so that your bowels continue to move on a regular basis. So whatever your liver is processing can be kicked out of your body effectively. Uh, going back to the green foods really quickly, the cruciferous, just tripping on my words as per usual, cruciferous vegetables specifically have different types of nutrients. Now this is going more to uh, functional medicine and our understanding of phase one and phase two detoxification of liver, um, rather than the, uh, uh, strict TCM perspective, but cruciferous vegetables have specific nutrients and phytonutrients and antioxidants that have been shown to support phase one liver detoxification enzymes and phase two liver detoxification enzymes. And in order to 
effectively and fully um, metabolize any kind of toxic byproduct, uh, chemical, hormone, your body needs to process them in both those steps. And if one of them is not working effectively, you may actually be creating a more dangerous metabolite that then can be recirculated throughout the system. So it's important to, to eat the foods that nourish your body's ability to show up for you and do its job properly. Pungent foods is something in TCM that is said to remove cheese stagnation from the liver as well. So pungent foods would include things like mint, spring onions, gingers, horseradishes, chamomile, black pepper. So those type of flavors can also be very vitalizing and, and moving chi from the, um, from a liver perspective. Try to do organic if you can. Um, so look up the EWG's Clean 15 and Dirty Dozen guides. So you can understand where you should invest your pennies when it comes to organic foods rather than non-organic foods. And then when it comes to cooking your food, this is the time to start putting your slow cooker away a little bit more. This is not the time to overcook your foods. You want to still have a little bit of bite, uh, a little bit of that enzyme activity. You want the vitality in there. You want some freshness in there. Um, minimize overcooking your foods, like gently saute, steam, um, pan fry quickly. Nothing that turns into like a soup that boils for a really long time or stews and stuff like that. Now that we're coming out of the winter, um, think fresh, think light and not heavy meals from an emotional standpoint, you want to begin to find ways to practice patience, to practice forgiveness, to let go of anger and resentment to maybe this is the time that you start to work with a therapist, a counselor, a life coach, or something. I'm a big advocate for everybody having some resource to help them work through and process. You don't have to have anxiety and depression and some uh, mental health disorder type label to be working with a therapist uh, or a psychologist or a counselor. I think that we all carry things and don't always understand how to properly process what we're feeling or properly process trauma because trauma can come in varying degrees for different people. So it's, it's not, it's not all going to look the same. And I think sometimes we, we don't always understand how to recognize hurt. We don't always understand how to recognize what's causing us to have these triggering responses and reactions. So if you find that you're extremely irritable and angry a lot and snap really quickly and extremely impatient, uh, I would invite you to begin to assess that and look at that from a much more comprehensive way and seek some support to do so and ask for guidance from them on how to practice more patience and how to forgive and, um, and begin to let go of resentment. That also helps take the pressure off the liver. Cause like I said, the liver is the anger or the irritability. And I think the last thing is get outside, go connect with the greens, like new life is coming out and the outside world is, is such a, is the most incredible example of new life and the rebirth that our mother earth goes through literally on a yearly basis. It's absolutely extraordinary and astonishing how she's able to go into sleep mode and then rebirth every spring, get outside, connect, get on grass. If you can, um, get your body moving, go get some sunlight. Um, if you can even just do a, a 15 minute walk every morning 
or a 10 minute walk every morning, or hell, just take your coffee outside and go stand on some grass and face the sun without any sunscreen, ground yourself with mother earth, get some sun sunshine to reset your circadian rhythm and your hormonal clock and just be connected, be in that moment, take a few deep breaths, express some gratitude. I mean, I swear to God, like your day is going to be so freaking wicked after that. If you start creating a practice of that, you know, we can't use the excuse that the earth is too cold anymore. And frankly, barefoot on grass when it's still a little bit cool, uh, is a really great way to wake up your system in the mornings. I got to tell you, um, there can also be much more conscientious and directed efforts to support liver function and gallbladder health. Um, you know me, I'm a big advocate for doing those things. I think we live in a very toxic world and I think, uh, I strongly, I strongly believe and also see it in practice regularly. People's bodies are burdened and they're not able to process the garbage, the mass amounts of garbage, what we are exposed to there seems to be a breakdown happening um, and improving and, and, and to different degrees. It doesn't mean you're in a completely exhausted state. It's to different degrees. And I think everybody needs to give their liver and their gallbladder just a little bit of TLC. And there's no greater time than in the spring. So if you want to do much more of a, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? a conscientious quote unquote detox, start with these dietary habits, start with these eating habits, start shifting your diet to eat with the seasons, get good water, um, consumption, start to work on your emotional well-being and your mental resiliency, ground yourself with the earth. And if you want to take it up a notch, go seek out the, um, uh, the support of a naturopathic doctor or a traditional Chinese medicine doctor, or a functional medicine doctor who can guide you on how to do like a two to three week cleanse and reset to really like shake off the winter and revitalize your system so that you can continue to move through the spring and the summer feeling like your absolute best self. Um, I know I can never stop singing the praises of how much I love liver and gallbladder health, but I hope that you guys feel uh, a little bit more empowered to start to shift out of the winter into the spring and start supporting these organs with just things that you can do at home. Now, just to be reminded, like none of this is, should be considered medical advice, but I did give mostly nutritional uh, suggestions. And as I said, if you want something that's a bit of a deeper dive, please go seek the help of um, a physician who's skilled in these areas. Like I said, a TCM practitioner, a naturopath, a functional medicine doctor, and they can really help you create a strategy that is going to be catered to your unique needs. So I hope that was helpful. Happy spring, everyone. Um, and I hope you have a great week. See you guys next time.